Holy Spirit, speak to us now. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, we are determined. We are determined to leave here different people, more renewed in our minds, more filled with the power of your Spirit at work in us. And we invite you to do all of that. Lord, may the words that are heard today come from you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the, the Scripture, one of the most important messages of the Bible, the Word of God, is that you are blessed. <laughs> we, everything that we have, our health, our wealth, our families, the, the sunny days, it's really warm out there, but there's going to be rain tonight. In fact, the farmers are counting on it. But the scripture says that, that the rain and the sun, everything that's joyful and comfortable and beautiful in this life comes from God. And he graciously gives it both to those who believe in him and even to those who don't. And in Titus 2.11, it says that the grace of God that brings salvation has now been revealed to all people. And so we are living in the greatest era, the greatest season of grace, God's favor of all human history. There has never been a moment like it. And so, for example, that, that salvation that we've sung about, that tasting and seeing that Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of God who has brought an end to sin and shame in us, and he's working in the world today, bringing in his kingdom through people from every part of the earth. There has never been the outpouring of the harvest of God's grace on the earth like there is today. And I mentioned this last Sunday, the church is bigger today, has more people naming the name of Jesus than it did last Sunday. Thousands of people this week for the first time, boys and girls, men and women, said yes to Jesus for the first time. God is building his church on the earth and nothing can stand against it. And that's why in every service, we encourage and invite you to make that personal decision to receive the grace of God, the salvation and restoration of ourselves into a relationship with our heavenly father. But blessing that we all are enjoying at different levels. You say, well, Steve, I, I didn't have a very good week and, and all of this, but the, the truth is that there's nothing that we, there, there's not one person here that can find something to give thanks for. The fact that you are here, and looking good, by the way, and that, that you're able to be here, you probably had breakfast today, you were able to travel here uh, on the transportation system or, or, and all of this. All of these things are things we can be thankful for. So the blessing of God is here. But the blessings and the grace of God are not all shared in the same level by every person. There are, are measures of grace, measures of blessing that are only unlocked by those that go after them. Go and get them. In fact, there's a spirit that can rest on us that is hungry and not satisfied with just a little. And so we don't create the blessings. God owns those, but we can pursue them. 
And that's really what this whole series is about. God is inviting us in his word to taste and see that he's good. Jesus said, ask expecting to be given it. And so there's no area of life where simply praying ongoing conversation through this week. Let me challenge you. Make your prayer life not a one-moment thing, but a constant conversation with the Lord to say, Father, I want more. I want to see more. I want to become more. I I want more of you in every area of my life. I want you in my thinking. I want you in my conversation, in how I respond to people and, and the challenges of life. And so we begin to ask as though it's ours. And Jesus said, seek out believing that you'll find it. And so we begin to declare that, Lord, I'm going to find the right things that I need to move into my profession. And then there's this this, uh, invitation to knock, expecting for doors of opportunity to open, to speak life-giving words to that friend at work, to be a gracious and kind son or daughter in a family where you've perhaps had great struggles in getting along and where God doesn't seem to be there and there's a lot of hurt and brokenness and begin knocking at the door saying, God, use me in some way to change that circumstance. And see, that is the kind of person that can expect a greater measure of grace, of blessing. And there's this amazing story in Scripture of two brothers, and they illustrate the two kinds of people in this world when it comes to going and getting blessing. And it happens to be that they were twins, But what really makes their story important for us to draw lessons is that they were from the most blessed family on planet Earth at that time. Now, that's just not my opinion. These were the grandsons of Abraham. Everyone, even today, in the 21st century, knows the name of Abraham and his wife, Sarah. In fact, when you think of Abraham, you think of blessing. God chose him out of all of humanity and and moved him from his home and began to bless him. And we today, Scripture says, can now, through Christ, enjoy all the blessings of Abraham. They belong to us. Am I the only one excited about that? Woo! The blessings of Abraham are ours. But these young men were back in the beginning. So they were the grandsons. Their daddy, Isaac, was the son of Abraham. And all the blessing of Abraham had gotten passed on to Isaac. And now Isaac is an old gray man, can't see well. And and these grandsons have grown up. They're twins in this blessed family. And in Genesis 25, you'll see it on screen, it tells us that as the boys grew up, Esau, he was the older brother. In other words, they were both born at the same time, but Esau was first. He became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman. But Jacob had a quiet temperament. 
He preferred staying at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home. But Rebekah, their mom, she loved Jacob. And see, what we see here is this is a real story. This is not a novel. It's a family that some of us here could perhaps relate to. There's any of you who are parents here, there have to be moments when you look at your children, if you have more than one, and go, did we create these two children? They are so different in the way they look, the way they think. It's unbelievable. And it's a reminder to us that every child, every one of us is unique. And we can come from the same family and be so different than one another. And in the world, that's looked on as a problem. It's divisive. But in God's family, our differences are a point of celebration. Hallelujah. There's nothing more giving glory to God than the fact we don't all speak the same language. We don't all come from the same culture. We don't all look the same. Our hair doesn't all set Every, I mean, there's amazing, some of the hair in our church, it's different. It's so cool to be with people who are different. And I love these two guys. A lot of times we think men have to be one particular way. Esau is the guy that goes out and kills stuff and brings it home, and dad loves it. While, Esau, while Jacob is a man at home, he's the chef. He's the one that will advise you on how to decorate your tent, and it'll look good. And so we read later in the story, that's the foundation of this, but watch. One day, when Jacob was cooking, of course, he's the chef, he's cooking stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. And Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Now, in that culture, in that time, in fact, there are still cultures today all around the world, the firstborn son has the property. He's the one that the blessing of the father is passed on to, to manage and to do with as he sees fit. So that is a recognition that Esau was born first. And Jacob is saying, I want that if you want stew. And Esau says, look, I'm starving. I'm dying of starvation. Now, can I stop there and go, how silly is that? This is a guy that goes out and kills animals. He's a hunter. He's a big, strong guy, and he's whining. I'm hungry. I'm sorry. What good, though? Listen, here's where we see character. What good is my birthright to me right now? It isn't making me, filling me up. But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew, red lentils. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt. He disregarded his rights as the firstborn. So that, that story, I want us to pull a couple of things that you can take with you today 
that will encourage you and inspire you toward living a life with an attitude of going and getting the favor and blessing of God. And I'm calling this, this message living on the lookout. And, and we see some principles here. Esau disregarded his birthright. It was his. It belonged to him. We don't know why, but obviously his brother understood what his, his older brother was like because he set him up. He probably didn't start making the stew with that in mind, but he was living on the lookout for an opportunity to take more of the blessing in the family. Perhaps Esau thought it was a silly custom. And I think he probably had the attitude, my dad's old, he likes my food, great, but he can't give me anything that I can't take for myself. And that Esau didn't look at his father and see anything that he could get from him. He was missing the potential of the favor of the Lord that had been spoken over his dad's father and that all of that accumulated blessing of Abraham and Sarah now with Isaac and Rebekah and there was a double blessing of two generations that now was coming toward him. And instead of honoring that and looking out and seeing it for what it was, he traded it for lunch. You see, Jacob already had a blessing too. He was in that family. But he had a different spirit. There was something in him that says, if there's more to get, I'm up for it. Can I challenge you as a church? We don't want to passively wait for God to answer prayer. We don't want to passively wait to grow as a church if the Lord sees fit to bring a few friends and neighbors. No, we want to press ahead, live on the lookout for opportunities to grow, to change, to be filled with the Holy Spirit more and more. We had a guest here a few weeks ago for Pentecost. I loved how many of you came forward and just said, if there's more of you to have Holy Spirit, fill me up. And, and some of you didn't come forward because you needed a healing or, or there was a problem in the family. You just came up and said, I want more. How do I know that? How do you know that, Steve? Because you were here. You were invited, and you got out of your seat, and sometimes that's embarrassing, and you came right down here. Some of you probably need to come down afterward for baptism. It's just kind of slipped by, and, and that's, see, that's pressing in. I'm going to go get it. Well, I was baptized as a baby, but if there's more to have, I want it. I don't think they're talking about water baptism that doesn't include going under. I'm afraid of the water, but I'm willing to give it a try. I've seen over the years people that were absolutely afraid of the water and they held their nose and I said go for it that isn't going to keep the blessing of the Lord hold on to your nose if it's something you're afraid of but get in the water there's come on that's the kind of attitude that Jacob had so can I challenge you it's so easy Esau's example shows us that the greatest blessing in your life could be sitting in your family I believe for many of you, it's sitting in this church, that there's a team, there's a mentor, there's a leader who has something resting on their life that can enlarge your life. 
that can bring a greater blessing, accelerate you. See, God's design is for one generation to pass on their experience, their encounters with God, their spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit gives his servants special gifts and our, 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 our natural abilities and are, are all possessed there together, but the Holy Spirit gives these gifts, and, and those are not intended to just empower the current generation. They're intended to be imparted one generation, commending it to another. And so let me ask you, are you on the lookout? Can you see where there's blessing resting on people? I saw a post from a, a Christian leader that I follow uh, that is he's just a tremendous man of God. And, he, and it was a picture of him and his adult daughter, one of them. He has four or five children, but it was one of his daughters, and it was a, a, her birthday. And the caption, the, 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 the message said, this is my second born. She carries my prophetic mantle. Now, a mantle is a coat. And that message said that he recognized that he carried, a, a, he's got the gifts of a prophet. He's a pastor and a leader, but he has a prophetic gift. What he declares from the word of God and, and insights, those things seem to come to pass. And he recognized that gift in his second-born daughter, and she leaned in, and he leaned into her, and he's now passing that gifting on in her life and ministry. And that is what God wants to do in your life and in mine. He wants to put people in your life that carry something that you don't. But the challenge is very often the, the person that carries a mantle of, of experience or a mantle of spiritual encounter, something that you have not yet experienced or may never experience, but God's design is that that get passed on. But it cannot happen if we're not looking for it and putting ourselves around people who carry these things. In a church as large and as diverse as this church, we want to build up the current generation. Most of you are very young. And you'd say, yeah, pastor, where are all the spiritual moms and dads? Well, you know what I would say to some of you that are in your 20s and 30s, that spiritual motherhood and fatherhood isn't about age. It's about attitude and about openness and about allowing the Holy Spirit to walk in your life and have complete control. A 20-year-old can be a spiritual father to a 9-year-old. A spiritual mom can be a spiritual mother to a 13-year-old girl. And at 25, you've gone through some things that that 13-year-old feels like she's alone, has never had that happen. She doesn't come from a mom and a dad at home where she feels she can talk. And all of a sudden, there in church is that 25-year-old. And sometimes those that carry the mantle, guess what? They're on the lookout too. And they're looking for those that are willing to press in. Serve on the team, not give up. It might get hard. And listen, a lot of times, the people that could most impact that 13-year-old is not her friend, the 14-year-old at school, who gives all the wrong advice because she's going through stuff too. Isn't that amazing how we fall for that? We go to the wrong people for the wrong things. 
But see, here in the house of God, we're, and I'm declaring this over all of you here, we are here to live at another level of, of sensitivity, of prayer, of expectation, and eyes wide open that every time we gather in community groups, when you get out there, teams that are setting up and preparing every Sunday, and you have a moment of conversation in prayer, live on the lookout for someone. They can even be younger than you, but look for people who carry something that you say, God, I want more of that. She prays and things happen. He calls out. I've seen him lay hands on people, and when he lays hands, they get, they get well. You'd be amazed. The most gifted prophets and, and those that have the power of God on their life, they, they are the most generous. I've never met a prophet and a, and, a, and a man of God or woman of God who doesn't delight in giving away what they possess. We were in a, in a meeting, Karen and I, one time with a man who had the power of God working and he was touching some of our leaders and, and we were having, and they were, they were people getting full of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And all of a sudden, he kind of pulled her over and he prayed over her for a second and she started praying for people who started doing what he was doing. And I watched that and I thought, praise God for that spirit of impartation that gives away ministry, gives away gifting as, as a part of the life of the church. And so can I challenge you, live on the lookout and see, here's the, here's the final thought I want to challenge you with. Esau, God was testing him. You see, your life isn't all mapped out. I don't care if you went to a fortune teller and they say, oh, it's going to go good till you're 50, then it's all downhill. It's a lie. Your choices, your decisions, the tests that you choose to, to stand in are the things that will make a difference. There's no one here who's lost and hopeless. Amen? There's a great future the moment we say, God, I want more. I want to live on the lookout. But you see, Esau was being tested. He had an aggressive younger brother who was out for something that belonged to him. But God was testing Esau to see, will you value your legacy? Will you see the value in what I've already pronounced through your family and through your grandparents? And he failed the test for a bowl of soup. Meanwhile, the contrast is Jacob. He broke the rules. That, that blessing, that firstborn son blessing, didn't belong to him. He, he literally stole it. But, he, but, the, but he, he was in position, and you say, yeah, how could God bless that? And, you know, I'm not ready for the blessings and all this stuff you're talking about, Pastor. I, I still got a messed up life. I'm struggling with this, and I know I'm not where I need to be. Hey, can I just point, you, point out, this was a dysfunctional family, and they were the most blessed family on earth. You don't think God knew they were going to make a mess? You don't play favorites with your kids. This, this home was full of conflict. Jacob was, was not to be trusted. You wouldn't want to give him money to take off to take to the bank for you. This guy was, 
was not trustworthy. But God saw a spirit on Jacob that says, I want more of what God has. He saw it and he rewarded it and he became the patriarch in the line of Messiah. That's what Esau didn't see. Direct lineage, direct descendant of Jesus himself. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who later became Israel, the one who struggles with God and wins. But see, that kind of blessing, friends, stand to your feet. That kind of blessing can only come if we're on the lookout, if we see the value in other people and we pursue it. And the scripture says, blessed are those who dwell in his house. They are ever praising you. This is home. We are going to know each other forever. So by the way, if you have a problem with someone here, I, I often think I could end up living next door to them in the new Jerusalem someday. I better, I better straighten things out here. The people that you're having a problem with may be bumping elbows with you as we worship the King of Kings and the Lamb slain before the foundations of the world. So let's see the value in one another. Let's believe, young church, that we're raising up a generation of gifted, anointed, loving, and, and empowered men and women of the Most High God who carry mantles of challenge that turned into victory, that carry mantles that turned into blessing when they said it was never work out. And we walk into a destiny together that begins to transform the people around us. We say this all the time because God has not just blessed us with a little, but an unlimited measure that he wants to pour out as we live on the lookout. Pray with me. Father, I pray right now for every single person here that you would give them eyes to see where the blessings are. But more importantly, Lord, you tested Esau to, to see where his value was. And Lord, you want to test us so that we pass the test and reveal that we truly love and value you that we trust that you want to bless us more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so, Lord, I pray for that spirit of Jacob, that spirit that says, I want more. I'm on the lookout. Lord, open my eyes. Let me see what you see. Put the right people in my life. Lord, let that spirit flow through your church like never before. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord an applause of praise.